0: The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Hey, It's Brandon. We are here at the end of Riot Act folks. What do you know? I ended up with the same number of episodes for Riot Act as there was for Binaural. Who knew? It was mostly a coincidence. Completely a coincidence, I should say. Anyway, speaking of uh, numbers of episodes, Right now, over halfway through all the songs in Pearl Jam's catalog, studio songs, and a couple of live stuff. I'm still deciding on whether I'm going to do a couple of uh, live songs or not that have been released on, you know, Live on Ten Legs, The Benaroya, Third Man, you know I'm talking about that of the earth. Anyway, so it's been just shy of three years to get this far, so then, in theory, got another Three years should be uh, done with this at the end of 2024, uh, the beginning of 2024, somewhere around there. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get into the show. You're listening to the Better Brand Podcast. Stay tuned for more me. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. So now I am all done with the studio albums uh, that they recorded for Epic Records, which leaves Lost Dogs. Self-titled Backspacer Lightning Bolt and Gigaton. And if they release another album between now in the next you know two years or so, then well uh, I'll do that one too. Anyway, uh speaking of lost dogs, uh that season I'm just going to take a little break first. I got some things planned and I need a little bit of time to get it all together and get it planned and stuff. And uh what were those plans I had? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I was gonna tell you anyway. I am going to jump on the Patreon bandwagon. Uh, I'm also going to use Kofi as well. But now you can give me monthly pledges for just a dollar, because I know that I do that for a couple of different podcasts and uh, different people as well. And it's easier to give to, to, to. It's easier to spread the wealth if I'm not having to do, you know, five bucks at a clip. Is that, uh, oh, that gets expensive, especially if, you, especially if you listen to a lot of podcasts like I do. There's a lot of them that have uh, Patreon stuff, and it's kind of like, I can only do like maybe one or two at a time. And, you know, maybe I'll do that for a year, and then I'll listen to somebody else for a year and try to cram through all their back catalog and stuff. And then I can go back to the other one or so. I don't know. It's very, it's very, it's very complicated. I'm still figuring it out. But, uh, from now until the end of the year, Any money that I get from anybody listening is going to be going to the food bank of Northern Nevada. And from now on, that's what I'm going to do too. You know, any any money I get uh, November, December goes to local food bank here. And uh, if you would like to become an honorary supporter of me, then donate $10 to your own local food bank. I'll get, I'll, I'll, you'll have honorary membership for a year. Show me a picture of your receipt or whatever. Just block out all your payment information and stuff like that. Uh, because I'm going to get some bonus episodes put together. And uh, if, you're, if you're honorary, you'll get, you'll get all the same access or whatever that people who give me money get because I'm uh, pretty sure people with not a lot of food need that money more than me. Yeah, the bonuses aren't gonna be like live on four legs amount of bonuses, <laughs> just because I'm just one man. But I'm gonna break you off a little piece, you know? And, uh, and speaking of breaking off a little piece, ooh, hey, here's a, here's a segue. Uh, that's the main reason why I am seeking money. Because uh, I would like to make t-shirts and stickers and stuff like that, not only to, you know, kind of spread the word of the band or whatever like that, but also to give back to the people that are helping me make these episodes. The people that you get to listen to as well as, you know, me. You know, there's the the first thought that comes into mind is, uh, you know, I was a guest on the Better Band podcast and all I got was this stupid t-shirt stupid may or may not be included in the idea but you you know you know what i'm going for here and stickers and pins you know that kind of stuff and you know maybe depending on you know how much money and everything like that how long it takes me to to put this stuff together some sort of monetary compensation back to my guests as well just because they they don't spend as much time as me you you know on the podcast and stuff like that too you know, they're, they're, they're spending the time and they're talking to me and, you know, I'm getting something out of this by, you know, creating a product or whatever, whatever. And so it's, it's only fair to try to compensate people for their time. So if you feel so inclined to toss me a buck, Then you can find me, Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P, just like my Twitter handle, ooh, hey, and Instagram, or is that my personal Instagram? I don't know. On Patreon, patreon.com slash Brandon P., or ko-fi.com slash Brandon P. on Kofi. And I'll have a bonus episode for people who haven't ever, uh... Given me money before, it'll be new to you. And then I'll have another one coming up probably, yeah, next week, later this week. Also some bonus uh, writings and uh, pictures, hints as to what's coming up, that sort of thing. Behind behind the scenes access. There we go. Speaking of behind the scenes, oh, I am just knocking it out of the park with these segues. Lost Dogs is going to start at the end of November then, officially. we will kick it off with Randy Sobel. And I am not going to follow the tracking of the album at all because it is a complete mishmash of B-sides and fan club singles, all that sort of stuff. So I'm just throwing it all together, whatever I have recorded in whatever order, I'm just going to put it out there. So what song is Randy going to start off with? Is it going to be all night? Ooh. But then, since it's going to be at the end of November, that means December is next up. And so, I thought, Pearl Jam has some Christmas songs, right? So why not, in December, the Mondays, I'm releasing on Mondays now, why not have the Pearl Jam Christmas songs leading up to Christmas? Hey, isn't that fun? I'm gonna do it next year too, cause there's enough Christmas songs to do that. So that'll be kind of fun, right? And so then that means that Lost Dogs will run through the end of August of 2022. Uh, Over half the year is going to be devoted to Lost Dogs and some of the other uh, assorted fan club singles and stuff like that that I hope to have out have recorded by then. uh, That means I need guests, more guests. I have about half of Lost Dogs already recorded. Uh, A handful of those I have the guests for waiting until the new year because holidays and everything like that to... To start up the recording for that again to finish those off. Which means there are a couple more songs that I do need guests for to finish off Lost Dogs. So get at me, betterbandpod at gmail.com or betterbandpod on Instagram, message me, betterbandpod, Twitter, slide into my DMs. Anyway, I think that's enough of the meat and potatoes of this episode or of, of, of the way the sausage is made something i don't know so let's let's start digging into the dessert and so that means that means i have to thank people first off let's thank some past guests guests such as randy sobel and john Ferrar from the live on four legs podcast Lily and hannah from the society owes me a gen x podcast Tom Arquino from the Into Deep Pearl Jam podcast, Bradley Pisecki, Ryan Blackwell, Jason Carapesi, and Paul Giliari from the State of Love and Trust podcast, Kevin Lassard, Deborah McMurtry, Alex Hogard, Bob Remington, who stealth joined my Kofi before this episode dropped, Patrick Bogle, Mike Gagliardi, Roach. From the Jamly Matters Podcast and DC101 Radio. And Joey Goodsir. I am definitely going to need a longer track when I get to Lost Dogs, huh? Thanks all of you for helping me put these episodes out and uh, talking with me about Pearl Jam and Riot Act. Also, thanks to Jackie Cation from the Dork Force podcast, who had me on as a guest to talk about Pearl Jam, and also Justin Wilson from the Deprogrammed podcast, who had me on to talk about Chris Cornell's solo songs. Links for both of those episodes I will put in the descriptions if you want to hear what I have to say about that sort of stuff. Of course, you hear me talk about Pearl Jam all the time, but I don't know if you hear me talk about Pearl Jam with somebody who doesn't really know that much about music. And I try to explain to Jackie why this band made such an impact on me. A lot of it has does have to do with the fact that I'm a huge dork and there's like mythology and all that sort of stuff about it. I think I get some of the facts wrong, but I was pretty nervous because this is this is, a, this is a bigger sort of podcast, you know? So I'm, 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 nervous, which is why any of the, f- any of the facts got flubbed. All right. So that means next on the agenda is letters from listeners. And I actually have a couple. So first up, let's go to Alex Hogard, who writes to me and says, Hi, Brandon. Hope you're well. But firstly, Homer's Enemy, a shit episode. I had to listen twice to make sure I'd heard correctly. Ha <laughs> ha. Although I hate the ending and how they killed Old Grimey off, there's some pretty quotable moments in that episode. Unfortunately, it ruins itself by giving a hard-working decent man who struggled through life such an awful ending, and portraying Homer as such an annoying jerk. But I can't call it shit if we're talking Jumping the Shark, Season 9, Armitanzarian, and then the awful all-singing, all-dancing. Uh, I wrote back to him. In my view, this particular episode of The Simpsons, along with Armitanzarian, which I agree is crap, broke form with the rest of the series because they are self-referential meta in a way that it hadn't been before. Sure, there's been references to certain parts of continuity in episodes, but winking at the audience isn't something that really sat well with me as someone who has watched The Simpsons up to that point since the very beginning. Those episodes are also mean in a way that put me off, but Homer's Enemy was the first one I remember as introducing that element. And sure, there are still great episodes in later seasons, although I must admit I don't think I've seen any episodes from probably at least the past 15 years. That's probably the same as just about everything, where the stuff that you experience when you're younger has more of an impact on you, and you don't like the stuff after that. Like the people my age whose favorite Pearl Jam albums are usually the first four, and then younger people usually prefer ones after that. Yeah, Homer's enemy just winks a lot at the audience, like, oh, hey, Homer's been to space, he's had all these adventures, it's really weird for that to have happened, right? And, uh, I don't know, they don't mention the fact that they've had like five Christmases and multiple Halloweens without any of them aging. Hell, I know even in the later seasons, uh, Homer was a teenager like in the 90s and stuff. But I guess maybe in having a character say that and then ultimately killing that character, it's possibly The Simpsons' way of saying, hey, don't pay attention to that, shut up, it's just a cartoon, (laughs) enjoy it, maybe? So maybe, maybe I am a little bit... uh, wrong in my assertion next up i have a message from randy sobel who says listening to your bush League episode patrick bogle mentions he didn't know what the course was referring to i always thought that i remember when you sang that song about today Was a direct reference to Bush at ground zero, with the megaphone seen as kind of a rallying cry for people who needed comfort. And then obviously, now it's tomorrow, everything has changed. There was almost no grace period between 9 11 happening and the Iraq war developing, where we originally thought we had the best interests for us, lifted us today, lied to us tomorrow. Yeah, sort of call for unity and for coming together as one under a common purpose, and that being twisted into infighting and the othering of American citizens along racial lines of anybody who looks vaguely Middle Eastern and people who don't support going to war and killing people who look like that. And then I have two more about ARC. The first one from Peter Bridges, who I've never heard of before. Welcome aboard, Pete. G'day Brandon. I'll start off by thanking you for creating this fantastic Pearl Jam podcast I look forward to every episode. It's so great hearing the different perspectives about lyrics and songs with your guests. Gee, I even enjoy it when conversations go off topic. Feels like I'm with a couple of mates talking shit. So cheers and thumbs up. I like the arc episode. I never thought I'd hear that song live. I'm from Australia and managed to hear it at an Eddie solo show in Melbourne back in 2014. I ranked that performance highly because of the context and the rarity of the song. I say rarity, but I believe Ed has played it a few times in his solo shows in Australia. Minimal research by me, so I have no numbers or dates to tell. Sorry. It's exciting to hear the Mighty Pearl Jam play songs live from Gigaton. Just downloaded the bootlegs from Ten Club. I'm sure it'll be on repeat for a while. That's all for now. Looking forward to the next episode. Take care. Cheers, Pete Bridges. And then Randy Sobel also got back to me saying, I'll just pose it as a question. Is there a direct link between Ark and All or None? Like All or None is a reaction to the aftermath. And then I asked him if there was anything specific he might have been thinking of, or just kind of a question he was throwing out there. And uh, then he got back to me with feeling hopeless after everything that happened, alluding to just the course itself, maybe considering a breakup of the band. What do you want? There is no in between. Either you live with it, keep going, and move on, or you completely eliminate it from your life. And that kind of goes into my re ranking of the album. The reevaluation of where it stands in my ranking of everything and what I think about this, you know, because it was in like 2013 or whatever when Lightning Bolt came out, when I put together my initial album ranking that you can hear in the very first episode or whatever, the backdoor pilot, I guess. And I had this album ranked pretty much last. The only thing lower than that was Vitology. Um, But in my re-rankings and stuff like that, um, it's dead last. It's 3.3 out of 5. So in listening to it again, the score, of course, has changed because I've, you know, been a little bit nicer to... To the band and what i think about them and everything sort of not holding them to such a tight strict standard of you know rearview mirror unassailable song every song that's a five-star song has to live up to that height and there are a lot of songs on this album which just whip ass save you ghost get right green disease those are you know, and songs, they might not mean a whole, <laughs> a whole lot and be like super in-depth and everything like that, but they do capture an emotion. And I think at this point in the band's career, emotionally, they are a lot more mature because, you know, they're older and have had more life experiences. And coming out of the tragedies of 9-11 and Ross Killed, there is a grieving that they had to process. There's a certain point where death becomes real and becomes more real for you as you get older. You know, you get a pet and, you know, a goldfish or something like that. It dies after, you know, a week or two and you just kind of flush it down the toilet or, you know, whatever you're gonna do with it. You get bigger and bigger pets and animals and they mean more to you because you're able to interact with them more. They die, it impacts you in a way Usually it's your grandparents who you experience the death of as far as family members first. And not only are you dealing with your own grief, but you're dealing and watching and observing the grief of your parents, the parent who that was their parent. And then, you know, you get to your own parents dying and then you're next on the chopping block, I guess. You're in the on-deck circle at that point. And so having and experiencing death and tragedy around you is something that everybody has to deal with. And you have Light Years in uh, Binaural, and then you have Love Boat Captain, I Am Mine, and Ark in this album, which are sort of creating an emotional core, I feel, for what this album is And what it means to the band and what they're trying to say at this point in their career. Also, with the end of their Epic Records contract, I think they feel a sort of freedom that, you know, maybe they felt on some earlier albums just because, you know, nobody really expected anything from them. Uh, But at this point, you know, they have become the biggest band in the world, tried to strip it away and alienate everybody with Vitology and No Code. And then sort of started welcoming people back, being a little bit more accessible and saying, "Okay, you know, we know this this is the stuff for people who are in who are in it for the long haul, and then introducing with this album some more not necessarily experimental but more stark points of view that they didn't have on previous albums in something like. Bush Liger or, you know, the, the other sort of semi-trippy song or whatever like that, Help Help, which, you know, kind of sounds a little off, but ultimately, I think at the core of it, at the root of it, is, you know, a pretty rocking song, especially as you get to the end, uh, you know, especially if you have heard live versions of that song. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, this rocks, this gets in there. All that to say, there are also the B-sides that were left off of this album, Down, Undone, and Other Side which really show, I think, that this is a really furtive, creative environment, period of time for the band. You've got kind of five songs written just by Ed, and the rest are coming from everybody else in the band. It's not quite as skewed as Yield was, that only had two songs just written by Ed, but it does have a lot of other people in the band contributing, not only musically, but also lyrically. All that to say, my new rating for this is four three, which is the same as verses. Now verses has six five star songs in it, six songs that I think are great. This album in rating it came up with seven five star songs, which is more than verses. So is this my number one album now? Let me break a little, a little bit more math for all the dorks out there. 12 songs on verses, six of them, half of them, I give five stars to. Ryan Act has 15 songs, and so there's seven five star songs, which is less than half, 47% or something like that, I think. Somewhere around there. It's less than half. So mathematically, it can't be my number one. So it is now my second favorite album. How the hell did that happen? Higher than 10? 4.1? I just really think that this album has the most say out of everything else in their catalog. Something that I wouldn't have thought or had admitted at the time that the album came out. Something that I wouldn't have really put together without having lived through various political movements, I believe, in my life and sort of seeing, I don't know about the arc of social justice, but seeing sort of what is possible on the horizon and where you find yourself at the current moment and the environment that you're in. There are bangers on this album. There are very tender, emotional, heartfelt moments on this album. It is a lot better than most people remember it. It has a lot more to say, I think, than what people have been hearing and sort of just put it off to the side, listening to it actively like you would when you're a teenager, listen to the first, you know, three, four albums. There is a lot to get in this. I think this was definitely a promise to fans that this wasn't the end. They were at the end of their contract, but they were going to keep going. I, I I it was even a possibly a promise to themselves too, like hey, we can do this, we can persevere. I mean, the the album art of the sort of skeleton sculptures it's sort of cliche, but the imagery always of, like, tarot and the death card being, ooh, death, blah, 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 it's scary, that means you're gonna die, when, you know, it's, everybody knows that's not what it means, death represents change, uh, at least in the, uh, in the tarot sense, and also sort of metaphorically, that change means death, the death of old ways of thinking. The death of empires, the death of tyrants, the death of all the old habits and structures and false promises keeping you from changing and evolving and getting better. Because quicksand can drag you down or you can lay back and float on top of it. And I think that that's sort of representative of grief and learning to move on, to live on, to further someone's memory, to take inspiration from other people and try to pass it on, try to do something with it, let it energize you and motivate you to keep going. And I think that's all I got for this, uh, this re-listening exercise made into a podcast talking to other people and getting their points of views and their thoughts about uh, the songs really helps to inform my own enjoyment and opinions and understandings of the music and, uh, you know, of life too. And hopefully that's what music and art does. Helps bring people together who like the same things, gives them an opening, something to talk about, break the ice, and then you get to know them and You get to see what the world looks like through other people's experiences and thoughts. And hopefully that expands your own worldview and helps you to live a life thinking about those other people and how you interact with those other people and all the people around you. Going to the end of the year, holiday season, all that sort of stuff, spreading goodwill gives you something to think about. Throwing it all in together, making connections, segues, callbacks. All the stuff I've been doing throughout this episode, coincidence, or all part of my master plan? I'll never tell. Thanks again for listening. I will be back November 29th with the beginning of Lost Dogs. And so until then, thank you. And as always, this is Brandon saying, spin off. Is there any word more thrilling to the human soul? Hi, I'm Tor McClure. You may remember me from such TV spin offs as Son of Sandford and Son and After Listen up.